What's up, Stats Pack? Welcome back to the podcast. Guest host Stefan Savage on the line. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Wonderful. Ready to, ready to pick these sports heroes apart. Dude, hell yeah. That's what we do, man. We got like, like uh, what do you call it? World-breaking journalism. Boom. Oh, yeah. Insight that nobody else has. Yep, yep. All our inside contacts, everything. Uh, let's see, dude. Who do you want to start off? You want to start off with some of the? You want to start off with the NFL and like the leaders, and if there's any like surprises or anything like that, or? Yeah, let's let's start right there. So I know you shared a list about the the leaders in the NFL, with the statistically speaking, and uh, obviously, I think it's total yards, right? Is what you got? Yeah, just start with yards. I mean, go ahead, go start. What do you think? We got, of course, number one, Tom Brady. Is that a big surprise to you? You know. Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, after watching him go through last year in the Super Bowl, it's not like you can discount him. But it's still surprising the guy his age is still producing at the level he is and leading the league in yards. That I, It's hard not to be surprised at that. Um, but once again, can you be surprised at a seven-time Super Bowl winner and easy first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. Yeah, he's 44, dude. Well, that's like yeah. absurd. Right? So that's surprising even when you say the age. <laughs> like he's 40 freaking four. He could be das, Dak Prescott's dad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's crossed his mind before, too. <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy how impressive he, he's, he's been in like the duration of like his of his uh and, and by the way to stay on the field and not get hurt like what is that about like i know earlier he had some you know earlier in his career he did have some what i mean earlier like 15 years ago at this point yeah he blew his acl once yeah. like i think he's all right uh, yeah no it's funny though because I, uh someone the other day i was talking to, to a customer and they were they were talking about, uh, you know, it was an older guy talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And, of course, someone had to jump in and was like, oh, I, you know, this guy's terrible and this and that. And the day the pocket passer is over. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then why is Tom Brady so successful? Oh, well, he's got a great O-line. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. So, yeah. so you're saying that's still a viable option yeah, if you totally. get the right personnel like any other way of building the team let's uh, uh I, let's see the other yeah. let's see the other leaders real quick uh tom brady pocket passer Derek carr pocket passer patrick mahomes dual threat matthew stafford pocket passer and Dak prescott pretty much a pocket passer yeah but i mean mobile but still Very mobile, yeah but exactly yeah, he, he like he's not racking up uh josh allen style and lamar jackson right now in his career Dak is is uh and Obviously, from experience, not wanting to get his leg shattered in eighty-five places, he's like, "Hey, my arm is a is a great weapon here. Why don't I use it?" Right. I mean, unless you're Lamar Jackson, where you have this miraculous gift of somehow protecting yourself. I mean, for he is amazing at submarine and under under safeties that are coming to take his head off, and you know, sliding down in the right time and and being really aware of his surroundings, which. I don't know if you you can't teach that. That's just an innate gift. Yeah. Before before I actually go on and saying that he's not a that he's more of a pocket passer. Let me see how many actually rushing yards he has this year. Okay. I'm going to say uh, 120. <laughs> oh, way over. He has 70. 
He has six. Uh, wait, okay, so we can, we can officially call him a pocket passer at this point. He's, yeah. A mobile pocket passer, but still. I say he's mobile. The most yards he's had as a quarterback was 357 yards, and that was his second year in the league. And then, obviously, it just dropped off. He's like, oh, I got a weapon here, and it's my arm. And he just start, he's just slinging it. Oh, yeah, he looks good this year, and he's got some good weapons. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into, out of all the division-leading teams, who do you think's best in each conference right now? Wow. Well, actually, uh, before we jump into that, I, wa- I want to ask you a hypothetical question. Sure. We're talking about, you know, just because he has a good O-line. That was the excuse that he gave him, right? So right. how about we stick Jimmy Garoppolo in Tampa Bay? Does he, Is his numbers as good? And Tom Brady's eh, probably not, but I mean, I think they would. I think he would do well. I think any quarterback would do well with those weapons on offense and in that play scheme. But I mean, I don't think you can ever discount Tom Brady being a veteran and being able to, you know, dissect defenses pre-snap and everything else he, like that. Why do I feel like this dude is like peaking it? Like it doesn't make any sense when I watch him play. Well, it reminds me of, like, I always thought Steve Young kept getting better and better as he got older. And the only reason he just wasn't dicing people up for another few years was the concussion thing. Because you could see it. Like, suddenly the game becomes easier. They see, they've seen enough defenses and formations and things like that and run the offense long enough. They start to realize kind of how it all works and, and, you know, pre-snap knowing that this guy's going to come off of here and if that guy does that, I'm going to throw it here and if he doesn't, I'm going to throw it there and it just becomes slower and easier, I think, as they get older. And then, you know, the big detriment is that you get older and your arm's not all yeah. the same. But Yeah, that's, it, a, that is, that's it right there. It's like, you know what, everything's going to happen, but you're just, you just can't react fast enough because you're just old at that point. But just Tom's just... Um, you know, he's, oh, resist, he's a special he's guy. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's there's just no TB12. There's no it, way around that. I mean, you look before at some people that had long careers, and nobody's been able to sustain greatness as long as he has. Let me finish off with some leaders. Uh, leading rusher, not a big surprise at all. By far, Derrick Henry, and then Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. By what a freak of nature. And then uh, receiving yards, Devontae Adams. Here's a surprising one. Cooper Cup with the Rams, the number two. Tyreek Hill, number three, not a surprise. Jamar Chase, rookie surprise. And Debo Samuel. Yeah, that, yeah and then Debo. And I, and I think uh, Jamar got to be the surprise out of the top five. I mean, it, I wasn't a big fan of that pick right there. I thought they should have uh, um, taken Sewell. From, from Detroit, who's been a great left tackle. But you can't discount that Jamar Chase has been a game changer for him. So, you know, kudos to the Bengals for making that big swing on that and hitting a home run. Yep. All right, let's talk about – you want to jump into see who, who at this point is the best in their conference, right? You're talking about like AFC East, North, et cetera, right? Well, I was thinking just AFC and NFC. I mean, we don't have to break down divisions. All right, you start off. Who's the best in the AFC right now in your eyes? It, in my eyes right now in the AFC, you got to go with Baltimore. I know, um, you know, it, it's a tighter race over there, but you look at the way they're playing close games. They're a complete team. 
And Lamar Jackson can beat you by running for, you know, 100-plus yards or throwing for 400. So I think that's the scariest team right now in the AFC, at least. I, I, it's hard to argue against that. Obviously, they have the best record. Um, I think their one weak point, though, if I'm going to compare them with the other top team who did have, who did up losing, but I do think that the Bills just have a notch on them just because I think their defense is better as probably the best in the AFC right now. Um, obviously, uh, the Tennessee, you know, Titans did beat them. I, will, I know that happened, but I just think that the Bills and Josh Allen are just, I think they're the, they're the best team in the AFC. And I think Baltimore is a close second. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I kind of go back know. and forth with the two of them. It, and then Tennessee, obviously. Yeah, Tennessee. AFC West, I don't know what's going on over there, but the Chargers and the Raiders, they're both 4-2. and two. Who would have thunk that one? And then, you know, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are at the bottom of their division with uh, th- at 3-3. Three and three. They just have a terrible defense. That's the Yeah, Chiefs and that problem. was bound to catch up with them. You can't keep relying on your offense to score 35 to 40 points a game at, at some point that's going to catch up with you because all it takes is a turnover or a bad you know run of a couple uh, offensive drives and you're in the hole now you want to talk about the tough conference i mean we're in week seven and it is a tight tight race for the best team in the in the the in the sorry the nfc um who do you think's the best team in the nfc in your eyes I never thought I'd say this, but I got to go with the Cardinals. I mean, if you look at all the other division leaders, I think the Cardinals can beat all of them. It, it, they've got, they don't have a great defense, but they've got some playmakers and JJ Watt and Chandler Jones and, and, uh, uh, so here's the thing Simmons you, and everything on defense and then their yeah. offense is explosive. So you said they don't have a good defense. Did you know they have the best? Defense points wise, uh, second best defense points wise, next to the Saints in the NFC. See, that doesn't actually surprise me that much. It's just, it's for some reason the perception, I guess, is just well, yeah, Cardinals, the Cardinals and defense are, don't go together. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard for me to say the Cardinals are the best. Just, just for that, you know, the whole, like you said, the perception and their, you know, <laughs> them being the Cardinals. It's like, huh? How are they the best team? Especially when you have like the Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys. Uh, but then, when you look at those matchups, if you were going to bet on them, who would you take? You know, straight one up, on it's one, like probably the up. Cardinals against all of them in a neutral field. Ooh, that's tough, dude. I don't know. Like, well, I think all of them are defense deficient, except the Bucks have a good run defense. So I think the Bucks would be the closest matchup. But I, I think I'm going to go with the pass rush skills on on the on the. Cardinals in that case because I think that's the difference maker when it comes down to it. They're all going to get into offensive shootouts. Check this out though, like the NFC West, dude. The Cardinals six and zero, the Rams five and one, the Niners two and three, and the and the Seahawks two and four. Talk about a flip right there. Yeah, it used yeah. to be the other we, way. Around. I definitely thought it'd be a little more competitive this year, but. Then again, the Niners have been right in it. They've just haven't quite seemed to be able to click on offense. But look, all dude, this year. a loss is a loss is a loss. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, they're and still then, two and three. Yeah, it's it's you know that's the same argument with the the Patriots. Is like, oh, they're in the game. Yes, they are in the game every time. But it's those little things like making the right call or going on, going for it on the fourth down, or you know what I mean? The little things like that that add up to victories because. 
the the talent and these divisions and conferences and whatever between teams are just so narrow that the coaching is what I think is making the difference here. So with that said, like I'm saying, I I kind of I'm kind of losing a little bit of hope with Kyle. I know the Niners are loaded with talent, and I think they should be rolling with the Rams and the Cardinals and the Bucks and the Packers, but they're just not. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? They have 117 total points in offense, which is sad. Like we're talking about like third lowest or fourth lowest in the <clears throat> NFC, and it's, yeah, and the their NFC, offense has been. Screwed. And it's like, at what point is there like as how, what excuses are you going to run out of? Like, I you know. Jimmy was hurt all the time, but it's like he was hurt like a game. You know what I mean? It's like what no, the hell I agree is going with on? with the with the weapons they have and him su- supposed to be on the cutting edge of offense. This year has been disjointed. Usually, they seem to be running a coherent offense, and this year it seems like they're all over the board. They never get any good sustained. I mean, they've had some good drives, but. It's not schematic when they're doing that. It's more, you know, guys making plays. And and typically he's been scheming guys more open than any other offensive coordinator in the league or, you know, offensive play caller. So this year where all of a sudden he's made some bad decisions. I mean, that Arizona game was a great example. He, he acted like a dumbass playing Madden in terms of how many fourth downs they went for. It just didn't even yeah. make sense situationally <laughs> or the way the defense was playing. So, I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I'm kind of with you where I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith in, in him making great decisions all the time. Yeah. Yep. It, it's just, uh, I don't know if it's, it, you know what sucks is maybe like it's getting in Jimmy's head too is that Trey's there and it's screwing him up and I hate to like make excuses but it's not you know we're just putting him in on these plays but it, him having Jimmy not in at a goal line situation and him not tossing the ball in or throwing the ball in you can't tell me that's not affecting him at all like like that, he's like he drives all the way down and you're not going to reward him with like a touchdown pass it's like yeah, what? it was kind of bush league putting Trey Lance in in some of those situations. I was really shocked early in the season seeing them out there that quickly. But you know, I don't know. I understand I, I they're trying the to problem, win the game. Trying to trying to do more than one thing at once. It's like you either got to go with the guy that you're going with or develop Lance, but you can't really thread the needle. You know, either it's a rebuild year and you're going to put Lance out there, and then Jimmy's worth nothing in trade. Or you try to win with Jimmy and put up some good numbers and can trade him in the offseason for some because he's still under contract next year as well. So, you know, you'd like to hope to get something close back to him. I mean, obviously not the package you got for Trey Lance, but maybe a third, second, first-round draft pick if he could play well. But, you know, that's a big if. Who's the biggest surprise in the NFL? Which which team? I know this is an easy answer. Which team is the biggest surprise for you this year in the NFL? Hmm. I don't know. Mine's, easy, the, mine's the Cardinals, man. I didn't think they're going to be six and zero and dominate. The well, rest. yeah. I mean, that's yeah, exactly. That is the easy one. It's six and zero. I'm trying to think of like. You know, it's almost uh, like the Browns still still not being able to look competitive out there. You know what's big is the Bengals are four and two. Yeah, and, and I just feel bad for Cleveland fans because 
I can't even remember a time it would have been fun to be a Cleveland fan. I think what there was, like Derek Anderson came in and threw a few good games once 20 years ago in the last 20 years or something. By the way, uh, talking about bad offense, I just want to touch on this. The Jets have a total total offensive output of 67 points in six weeks. That is just atrocious. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm sorry, in five games because they had a bye week, but still. Uh, yeah, I, and that's minutes. where it sucks because you can't even blame. I mean, how do you even know what kind of talent they have when they just – it's where anybody with hopes goes to die is the Jets. I mean, we saw Le'Veon Bell go over there after sitting out a year thinking he'd still be top of the league and rushing and – he was not. What was he, like three yards a carry or something? <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. But you know what's worse is that the Detroit Lions are worse. Poor Goff. How? Sent to purgatory. You know what kills me about the Lions is watching them early in the season on a few games. They looked they good. like they had some fight in them and they were going to at least you know be scrappy even if they weren't a winning team. And then they just decided, screw this. We're all We're just going home. Let's uh okay before we move on oh yeah we want to talk about Brandon you asked me should Brandon Ayuk play more he should be in freaking seventy five percent of the offensive plays if you ask me he is a damn talent and it makes me think that uh you know I, what's his name shoot what was his quarter the quarterback's name the backup who was playing most of the la- last year I already forgot him it's out of my mind um Nick Mullins Nick Mullins was a better deep threat or be a better for. Brendan Ayuk than these two quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Well, and they were running different routes with them last year, too. I saw a route tree with them last year, and a lot of it was fades and deep routes. And this year, it's been a lot of crosses and short stuff. So, I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't agree with not playing them as much as they have. I don't know what the deal is where he could possibly be practicing that poorly and, and playing that poorly because it, when you see him make a catch, he looks great out there. You know, I mean, he's he's got the moves. He can he's fast and quick in space and everything else. But clearly, there's a disconnect with the coaching staff where they don't feel like he's worth the time, which doesn't make a lot of sense when the op, the other options are veterans that don't have much upside, and you didn't spend a first round draft pick on. If the Niners flop again this year, hopefully not. But if they flop. Who ends up off the team faster, Kyle Shanahan or Brandon Ayuk? Mm, probably Shanahan. Yeah. I mean, at, th- at this point, they need to show some fight down the down the back stretch. Yeah. With with the talented roster they have, Debo Samuel emerging and everything else, and and George Kittle really, they haven't even had a decent game out of him. I. I you know I, I, it's just hard with all the talent on the offensive side not to see more production. So he better figure it out this bye week and what he's been calling wrong and and build an offensive strategy because right now it just seems like there's no cohesion. And the reason the Niners were always good was they were running the ball successfully, and the whole offense was predicated off of that. And this year. You don't see him establishing the run. You see him giving up really early on the run and just passing like, you know, they're the Raiders or the Chiefs, and that's never been their offensive identity. So I think it's time to get back to the basics and just pound the ball and work it off of that. Yeah, great. 
Okay, let's do it. Uh, let's do some predictions here. Okay. You ready? You know it. I know I didn't put it on our list, but I don't want to miss a week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. At some point, we've got to compile these stats. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's. I'm pretty sure I'm ahead of you, but I have no idea. That's a good. That that's a good uh, assessment. But I also don't have any idea. There is a game that is playing at what time is it? Five twenty for uh, It's already been on for probably an hour or something. I, don't look <laughs> I have yet, no though. idea I'm what not the score cheated, is. So I don't know. Um, Denver's plus six in this game on the road against Cleveland. So Cleveland's kind of like a big, uh, I'd say you know a decent favorite here. Who do you got? They opened at that. Once uh, it came out, Cleveland wasn't. Uh, oh, it's down to a point. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it really tanked down because I got it at like plus, I don't even remember, one something. For Denver? Oh, yeah. So yeah. you took Denver. So that, that leads me to that. Without without Baker Mayfield and the way Cleveland plays, I, I'm going to go ahead and go with Denver. Um, Shoot. I'm going to go with Cleveland. So hold on. Let me see. Denver. Yeah, Denver. now let's look at the score right Yeah, here. yeah. Cleveland, Jason. <laughs> All right, let's check. Browns are up 10 0. Damn it. Teddy so, uh... Bridgewater screwed me again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. But it's only what quarter is it? Uh, it's the second quarter. Okay. Uh, Sunday games. We have ten, uh, Kansas City on the road, and they're favors. They're three point favorites against the Tennessee Titans, who are coming off a big win against the uh, freaking Buffalo Bills. Hmm. So they it opened at it looks like it opened at three points and now it's uh, a lot of money's been putting on KC that they're up to four and a half points. I think I'll go with Tennessee keeping it close. Tennessee keeping it close. Let's see, I'm gonna do let me put the spread plus three. Oh, I'll do the current line. How's that sound? That's fair. And then uh Denver was what, plus one point five? Okay. Yep. Could have used that six points right there. All right. And I will take Tennessee. I like Tennessee in the points at home. That's plus 4.5, so we're on the same line. Okay. Washington, Green Bay. Washington, eight-point dogs. Green Bay Packers. Ouch. You know, I guess I got to go with the Packers. I mean, Washington just hasn't – their strength is supposed to be their defense, and I haven't seen any fight from them this year. Me too. I'm going to take Green Bay minus eight points. I thought it was a lot of points. I think it was like 14 and a half points last week, and they covered. Yeah. Carolina Panthers on the road. New York Giants at home. New York Giants aren't as good at home as we've we've seen. They're plus three points. So Carolina Panthers favor three points on the road against the New York Giants. Well, I think with McCaffrey out, I'm going to go with the Giants. Wow, New York Giants putting it together. Plus three points at home. I'm going to take that plus three points at home, too. That's a good call. I like I like points at home. And they're not – there's not like – I don't think there's a huge disparity between those two teams on, like, the talent levels. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, got to take the points at home at that point. So this next game opened up as uh, the Jets are plus seven points against New England, and it stayed there. There has been – they are not sure who's going to win this game. Obviously, it's a rival game. It's at home in New England, but New England has been sucking at home. So, um, well, they actually almost beat the Cowboys, but they just folded at the end there. 
Yeah, I you know, I think uh like they don't ask Mac Jones to do too much and I feel like the Jets will shoot themselves in the foot. So I'm gonna go with the Patriots on this. Well, me too. I'm gonna take the Pats minus seven, even though that's a lot of points. All right. Atlanta plus three on the road, Miami. Oh, this is this is probably this is an exciting game. I think, I think millions of people are going to watch game, this. But I'm going to go with Atlanta just because Miami's coming from being in London, and they just don't seem to give a crap this year in Miami. Atlanta plus three. Um, I'm going to take Miami minus three, actually, at, at home. I'll, I'll take the, the home team here. All right, Detroit, 13-and-a-half-point dogs in Los Angeles. Wow, return game. For Jared Goff, maybe he's like out for vengeance. What do you think? No? Nah, you know, that's a lot of points. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But Detroit hasn't played competitively in weeks now, so it's hard to bet against Derek Carr, who's been lighting it up all year. Uh, I mean, who's going to stop him on Detroit? You so mean, I, think uh, I, I think you got to go with the Raiders, even though that's a lot of points for the Raiders to cover. No, Rams. They're playing the Rams. Oh, the Rams. Yeah. I thought you said Raiders. Yeah, oh. that was probably my mistake. Sorry about that. Yeah, same principle, though, with Matt Stafford. <laughs> so you're going to take – all right. I'm going to take Detroit plus three now. I think Goff is mad. He's going to be like, you guys made a mistake. Now watch me through 10 touchdowns. Or that's fantasy land. All right, next up. Philadelphia plus two and a half points on the road against the Raiders. So Raiders are favorites here. Minus Gruden, Hall of Fame coach. Mm. I don't know. Philly hasn't shown me enough. I think I got to go with the Raiders on this one. Me too. I got the Raiders. I like the Raiders. This is in-depth stuff. This is like really good stuff, people. Yeah, no. Uh, Jalen Hurts, just don't like the guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a call from somebody. This guy didn't like him. I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. No, I saw like some of the stuff he liked on his Instagram, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not down with the name of that friend. So what? Like, All right. Next up, we got Houston. Whoa, Houston plus fourteen and a half points against Arizona. Uh, actually, you know, seventeen points. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I think it opened at eighteen, even. Yeah, and I remember when I saw the 18 going, wow, that's a lot of points. And then I thought to myself, yeah, that's about right. So now that it's even dropped more, I think I'm still going to stick with Arizona on that You're one. You're going to stick with Arizona minus 17.5 points? Yeah, I think you have to because what's Texas showed this year at all? Man, that's a lot of points. It is a ton, and it probably won't come through, but it just feels weird to say that, like, David Mills is going to somehow not make it a blowout. I'm going to take Houston. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's a lot of points. Yeah. Chicago, plus 10 on the road against Tampa Bay. You know, every time I bet against Chicago this year, they've covered. So I guess I'm going to say Chicago keeps it even, but I still don't really feel that in my heart. So Chicago plus 10? Yep. Woof. I think Chicago plus 10, too. I like that bet. Okay. Indianapolis Colts. The hapless Colts, plus four points against the San Francisco 49ers. Getting no respect to minus four points to the Niners. No respect. Uh, 
four points against the Colts. Carson Wentz, the Niners and their disjointed offense. It's Sunday night. I mean, I know what my my heart wants, but gosh, I think until the Niners prove they can win consistently, I've got to go with plus four on the Colts. I mean, just the Colts. The Colts suck, dude. Oh my gosh, this spread, know, this line is terrible. Good about the Niners. They should be like a fourteen point like spread. Yeah, if the Niners had shown anything this year, but I mean, they've. They have not been consistent at all on offense. They can't run the ball. All they're doing is dropping back. It's not that kind of offense, so I'm worried about them. Plus four for the damn trader. Okay, now we got New Orleans. They are road favorites. Minus three points against Seattle. What the hell? What kind of spread? uh, Minus five? Oh, man. People are putting money. Huh? Oh, you're yeah, right. Wilson's yeah, you're still right. out. So Geno Smith yeah. started in for the Seahawks. Yeah, so but that's still... why. Okay, you get, are you going to take Se- New Orleans or Seattle? Yeah, I'm going to go New Orleans until they, you know, implode because Jameis Winston throws five. I'm going to take Seattle. I think they're they're going to be like pumped for a victory here. They're probably going to get smashed. All right, all right, all right. Okay, let's finish off here. Let's talk about some NBA. Um, did you actually watch the Kings, by the way? I know everybody's super interested in the Kings, but did you see their victory over Portland? I just saw the highlights. Um, what do you think? You think that's a – They look small. Huh? They look small. <laughs> but that was on purpose, just like you said, you know, because Marvin Bagley, and you mentioned this, agent's like, oh, he, that, he, the team's mis- mismanaging this guy. I'm like, really? Because he kind of sucks. Yeah, no, he would fit in great if he had been anything like he was advertised as being kind of the next Stoudemire that could run the floor and, and finish and, you know, still be a big man that could move around. And how, how about 75% of the of what they said he was going to be? I'd take that. Yeah, well, yeah. And, I mean, it's always going to be compared to Doncic, which was a terrible mistake at the time and they'll never live down. But that being said, like, like you said, if it was even 75% of that, but he's never really lived up to any kind of expectation. 14 and 7 is a pretty pedestrian number for a guy that was taken in the top three. Hey, is Vlad, Vladdy Divock still the, uh, the the president of operations? No, I think they moved on from him. But, oh, that's right. They know, did, the, did, yeah. the philosophy of wasting picks on big men that don't fit the offensive system is still a king's trait for the last 20 years. <laughs> Let's check it. Look, look at this out, though. Like Harrison Barnes, 36 points. Rakan Holmes, big man, 21 points. Yeah. De'Aaron Fox, 27 points. Bobby Heald, 17. Coming off the bench. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know Bobby's coming off the bench now. Um, what the hell? Sorry about that. And ads running. No, Holmes has, been, Holmes has been good. They're, they're good. It's just uh, they need pretty much like Bagley to have stepped. They need a power forward or four that – has some kind of athleticism, play a little bit of defense, grab some rebounds, and kind of run the floor too. I will say this: he went with a smaller lineup because he wanted, he thought he had a better lineup, uh, and it turned out that it was it was right, it was the right call. They won the game. Yeah, no, you can't argue with the results and the way the NBA's gone these days. You're better off with a smaller lineup, but you still need that Draymond Green or, you know. Somebody they can run the floor like that and still kind of do a little bit of everything and play some defense, and I think that's the key part that they're missing to really take them to the next level. 
Um, let's let's talk about Ben Simmons. You you mentioned is his behavior affecting his trade value? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of a no brainer in terms of what he's done, and and uh, it's not like his skill set was universal either. You know, a guy, a guy that needs a lot of possessions and also doesn't shoot a lot. But it's, uh, you know, you there's know, a lot of questions. Of yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of questions coming up, like, is he actually doing this because he's a dick, or does he actually want to play basketball? Because, I mean, you think about people who have just been, like, have a mental you know, kind of breakdown and stuff, like Ron Artest, but I don't think he's anywhere like Ron Artest, or even, for that matter, um, damn, what's his name, the guy that choked out Car- Carlisle? <laughs> the Charles I Like, people are saying, oh, I don't think, he, I think he's having issues like that. I was like, I don't think he is. I think no, this is like... No, no, no. Yeah. It's not that severe. It's just He's been overpaid his entire career because of his draft position and everything else. And so he thinks his value is much higher than it really is in reality of what a team's willing to pay for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's like the league got screwed by Philadelphia over valuing them. And then now they want to trade him and nobody wants to take on his contract. Yeah. That's not the way to improve your value. It's like... Like being vindictive against the team. I mean, well, holding out and then coming in and uh, getting kicked out of practice definitely doesn't make like you know the Phoenix Suns be like, you know what we should do? Give up a lot of draft capital, capital for somebody, and yeah. a bunch more guys for this guy. But, I think the King. <laughs> I think the Suns should stick to who they have personally. I think oh, they're absolutely. a championship contender. They've got a good good team as it goes. I'm just saying, you know, for a hypothetical. I, I don't I can't see a real good that's the other thing looking around the league where do you see him fitting in anyway where you would give up the kind of resources that they're going to want for him you know one of the teams were the Golden State Warriors but I saw the Warriors yesterday like take care of the Lakers their gameplay was outstanding did you watch the game or see highlights uh, no but I saw the highlights and without uh, uh, Thompson I mean they're still they've still got some some leeway there with their offense getting that much better. Yeah, Jordan Poole's on. a stud. Like they're their guy that they drafted a couple years ago. He's really like coming together. He's playing like one of the one of the, like Curry and Thompson honestly. And I was like, it's really impressive to see him like blossom into the player he's 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 being, you know, twenty points I think in the game. Same amount of points as Steph. He's just he's stepped up in absence of, you know, of Clay not being there. And I'd love to see the three of them be on there. It'll be like basically like you want to talk about really small ball. You're gonna have uh, actually Golden State's always been tiny, but yeah. this is gonna be really small because they drafted Wiseman for size, but he's been uh, you know pretty much a bust these last couple. They said, oh, he's not a bust yet, but I mean he's pretty much been a bust the last couple of years. But uh, I I think the the Golden State Warriors they look like a dominant team. Honestly, the way they played was just really impressive. The ball movement. Especially against the team that they're playing. I mean, the Lakers, pretty much everyone expected to do better in that game for sure. Yeah. They were six-point dogs, and when I saw that line, I was like, the Warriors are going to win this thing outright, and they did. I mean, I'm not right on a lot of things, but that was like, I I saw that one coming. All right, man, um, you got anything else? No. I mean, we'll see how the whole NBA shakes out. It's still early, and then... Got a lot of weeks left in NFL, so it should be a good time this fall. Heck yeah, man. It's exciting. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care, and you hear from soon. Bye.